Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. So glad you're here. You know, this month, we're working on happiness, that inward sense of joy. We're using Happy for No Reason by Marcy Shimoff as, a, as our book for inspiration. And uh, last week, we talked a little bit about the source of happiness. Of course, the whole month, we're basing it on a very important spiritual principle that our faith is stronger than our circumstances. So right at the heart of that is, do we have faith that this is a good universe, that God is good and that we shall have some of that good? Do we have faith that our, our fellow humans are here largely for the benefit of all of us? Do we have the faith that we can actually bring ourselves to the world in a way that promotes honesty and love and yes, even joy. And when we do have that level of faith, oh my gosh, right? It doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. On the inside, that faith can bring us an enduring joy. Well, I'm going to move forward and prove that point a little bit more this week. And we're going to do it through algebra. Yes, you heard me correctly. We're going to use math to prove a spiritual principle. In the book, she has an interesting idea that I want to share with you, and we can express it as this algebraic equation, E plus R equals O, where E equals our experience, what's going on in the world, what we're experiencing right now on the outside, plus our reaction to that experience, and that equals the outcome. That equals whether we're happy or not, whether we're outraged or not, whether we're sad or not. It, it equals the internal outcome of that. So E plus R equals O. The experience itself plus our reaction to it equals our outcome. Now, those of you who followed along in my many other mathematical expressions, which, of course, this is the very first one, uh, will we'll recognize the way algebra works is sometimes these are constants that you can't change. And that's probably pretty true with E. I mean, life, as they say, does just happen, right? And occasionally you can make changes to it, but very often what presents itself to you is just what presents itself to you. So you can think of that variable as fixed. It's just what's going to happen. We certainly influence it. In fact, we talked last week about our ability to influence fully a 10% of our outcomes generally, just through who we are, just through suiting up and presenting ourselves in a, in, in a positive way with our own ideas and our own suggestions. At least 10% of what we see on the outside, we are in control. So it's not always fixed, but, but for the most part, that variable is set. And then the outcome, don't we want to have a positive outcome? Don't we want to see life as though it's more on the positive side than the negative side? Don't we want to be living in a greater sense of empowerment and joy? So, so we'd like to fix that particular variable of the equation as well. And so I think this is really interesting. If we get back to algebra then, 
What we're really dependent upon here, if these two are fixed, then this one we have to get to solve the problem. What can our reaction be that will still allow us to have a positive outcome? Have you really thought about that? In many ways, we're in control of this situation. Last week when I said that happiness was an inside job, here's the math that proves it in its own uh, kind of corny way. We have the power of changing the reaction, and that completely allows us to have an outcome that we would desire. So let me use an example for you. We'll put this equation to work. And this just happened this week. Many of you know that my partner Daniel and I are building a house down at the beach. Well, we were until Tuesday. And the contractor called and said that his wife said he was too busy. And that because we didn't have a signed contract yet, he was not going to build our house anymore. So that was our experience. Now, I got to tell you, for a while there, I was ready to change the outcome. <laughs> for a while, I was not going to be having a happy camper week, right? For a while, I was out, the O would have standed for outrage. The O would have standed for awful. <laughs> well, I guess it, that can't stand for awful. <laughs> for awful. <laughs> right? It was like I was pissed off. I was angry. I was thinking, I mean, I'm not what you would call a vindictive person, but there were some thoughts. <laughs> I have to tell you, there were some thoughts that kind of, how dare they? How dare he, right? After the work that we've already done together. But, but, I reminded myself, wait a minute, that's not the outcome I want. For one thing, I still do want a house at the beach someday, and I want to enjoy that process. I don't, want, I don't want that process of living down at the beach in a, in a few years to, to somehow be uh, sullied or, or made bad by this experience, right? It's just an experience. There will be other experiences. And so I said, no, wait a minute. I want the outcome of this particular experience still to be good. I want to feel like I haven't been betrayed. I want to feel like things are going to be okay. I want to feel like I can still look forward eventually to a retirement down at the beach someday, right? This is the outcome I want. I'm not going to allow the experience to control the outcome. But wait a minute. I'm going to have to change this. I'm going to have to change my reaction to what happened. And so very purposefully, I said to myself, well, how can this be a more positive thing? How can I react to this in a more positive way? Well, first of all, the reason he's canceling on this is sort of the reason we want the beach house, right? This gentleman is wanting to retire, and his wife is wanting him to enjoy his retirement. So first of all, I have to say it to myself, oh my gosh, why, why would I feel bad about someone wanting what I want, <laughs> right? So right from the get-go, there was that little piece of it. You know, why should I feel outraged with someone wanting to enjoy the good life and to back off of a little work? The other thing, though, that I had to say, 
is I learned a lot in the process of being with this builder for a couple months. The house plans that we have, he suggested some modifications to them that are amazing. So, so I actually learned a lot. Even though we're not going to continue with him, we're going to end up with a much nicer house and an actually a more affordable house because some of his ideas, not only do they make the place look nicer, it's actually going to make it easier to build. And so the time with him was not poorly spent. Do you see how I'm beginning to change my reaction already? And I, further, I, I looked further into this as well, and it was also a time of Daniel and I coming together with some of our choices in a way that we hadn't done before. The builder uh, kind of made us make some decisions that we hadn't made before. You know, that, do you want this or do you want that? And Daniel wanted one thing and I wanted the other thing. And the builder was like, well, okay. He was a very gentle and kind man and helped us actually work through some of those things so that we have a consensus around what we want. It was actually a good experience. And although I'm sad not to be working with that builder, there's no reason that the outcome is not a blessing. So let's look at our formula one more time, and then I need to move on to something else. Our experience plus our reaction equals the outcome. The experience you have limited control over, life as they say happens, the outcome, I think in general we want it to be positive, don't we? Now, there are days, I will admit, when I just am in a kind of a, I think my mom when I was seven called it a snit fit. Uh, there are days when I just want, it's fine that the world's terrible and my mood is terrible too, and luckily that only lasts for a day. <laughs> but in general, the outcome, I want to be positive, right? Those days when I'm uh, okay and in the dumps are far and few between, and I want to keep them that way. So if the experience is generally fixed and the outcome is known, I want it to be positive. Here's where my work is. To satisfy this formula in a way that I want, it's always the reaction. It's always, what do I think about what happened? What are my plans for reacting to what happened in a way that will solve this equation in a positive way? Well, we have to move on to another theme here. And I think to introduce it, I have probably a really terrible joke. <laughs> so a guy goes into a club and sees a woman sitting by herself at a table reading a book. After an hour of gathering up his courage, he finally goes, yes, I am actually doing a guy walks into a bar joke. I, 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 you know, apologies and all that. So after an hour of gathering up his courage, he finally goes over to her and asks tentatively, um, could I join you for a drink and just a chat? And she yells at the top of her lungs, no, I won't go home with you tonight. Well, everyone in the bar is now staring at them, and naturally the guy is completely embarrassed and terrified, and he slinks back to his own table. Well, after a few minutes, the woman walks over to him and, 
in a hushed whisper, apologizes. She smiles and says, I'm so sorry if I embarrassed you. You see, I'm a graduate student in psychology, and I'm studying how people respond to embarrassing situations. <laughs> to which the man responds at the top of his lungs, Muriel, don't do it. At least wait until you get the test results. Well, I'm glad a few of you are laughing, at least. <laughs> You're very kind to me. I, I do love telling my jokes here on Sunday. I swear it's the only place people would laugh at them. So yes, our response is everything. And we can do some coaching into how we respond to situations in a very simple way presented in the book. And it has to do with the idea of expansion versus contraction. So when you're in that place of how do I want to react to this, something has happened, it may be a good thing, it may be a negative thing, it may be something that you hope had happened, it may be something that, oh my gosh, why, why is this presenting itself to me now? Your options of responding, of course, are infinite. And the suggestion is, is your response expansive? And, and let me explain that a little bit. An expansive response will tend to open up more possibilities. An expansive response will tend to allow for more goodness to be present. An expansive response is freeing. You can have that sense of the open heart. A contraction response tends to limit your choices, tends to make the scope of things smaller, would tend to constrict the flow of love or money or something like that. And so when you're responding, maybe it's actually somewhat easy if you can just put that little bit of a filter in there, that little bit of a question. If I react that way, if I respond in that manner, is it opening things up or is it closing things off or down? And I think you may only need just that tip around this. Now let's, let's go back for a second to my example. So my initial reaction was, oh, holy heck, we're not going to get the house down at the beach. Do you see how that's a reduction? That's, a, that, that's making the world smaller. I'm limiting my choices. I'm headed in a direction of, of wanting to be angry with this guy and probably be angry with contractors in general. And, and uh, that little part of me that was even kind of vindictive, do you see how that shuts my heart down and constricts me? And instead, right, instead I explored some other possible reactions that were more positive. I, I noticed that this time spent with the contractor had actually been useful. It not only brought Daniel and I closer together on some of our desires for the beach house, but it also recreated the design of it in a way that was going to be nicer and probably less expensive. Do you see how that's opening my heart? That's creating more possibilities to go forward. Actually, if you think about it, the next contractor that we go to, it'll be like, here are the plans. Here are the decisions, right? They'll be able to give us a bid probably in half the time because everything is like, do you see how this is opening 
the world to something bigger and greater than was there before. Are you willing to indulge me a little bit, just for a minute? All right. You can close your eyes if you want. You don't have to. But just imagine an issue that's before you right now that's not necessarily the way that you would like it to be. It might be an issue, uh, maybe a family issue that's going on. It might be something going on at work. It might be going on something with a friend or a situation with a neighbor. Just bring into your awareness something that isn't quite going the way you would like. And, and by that, most of us will feel a little bit funny either in our chest area or in our stomach area. It's like when I think of that, it just bugs me. There's that sense of a little bit of tightness. Imagine ways that you can respond to that. You could confront that person or that situation. You could have a mediator with that situation. There's probably an infinite number of ways that you could react to that particular situation. Now let's go back to our idea of expansiveness or contraction. Think of some of the responses. Remember, this is all about how we respond to it. Think of some of the responses that will create more options. Just feel the energy of more potential, more possibility. What if this situation went well instead of poorly? What if you can begin to see ways beyond the problem that exists right now? Can you open your heart to possibility thinking here, to the expansiveness of the situation? Could it be that this is a learning experience and that next time this situation rises, you'll be much more prepared for handling it well? Could it be that this situation actually has something to teach you about yourself that's good information? Could it be that this negative situation not only has a lesson to learn, but that once you're on the other side of it, you're going to be a fundamentally better person? Okay. You can open your eyes. Thanks for playing along. You know, when I look at some of the things that in my life were particularly troublesome, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. I mean, I'm hesitant to thank alcoholism for much of anything. And yet I have to tell you, in the process of getting sober and being a member of AA, I would not be here today if it were not for that. Now, during those awful times when I was drinking and first sober, it's like, oh my gosh, if I had to go back to our little equation here and the, the E that I was experiencing, right? The what life was like, my experience of the world, so dark, right? So dark. And yet, over time, my response, and of course, this was over many years. One doesn't really get sober, I think, overnight. I mean, there, there might be that last drink that you had, but the actual process of sobriety takes a while. But what I know is the outcome 
is why I'm here today. And I can look back at some of those terrible events and say to myself, oh my gosh, I am who I am at least partially because of that. And so we're back to faith again, I think, and that's where I probably need to close this particular sermon. Our faith is stronger than what's going on on the outside. And our ability to have appropriate for us reactions to what happens makes all the difference. How many of us feel like we're in control of our emotions? That's a, such a tricky one. I, I, I would raise my hand kind of at half-mast, right? Do you know what I mean? And yet what I know is that emotions like thoughts float through me. And when I emotionally react to something, when I take that equation and base my reaction on my emotions, sometimes that stability that I want, sometimes that, that positive outcome that I want is a little bit on the elusive side. So one of the things we also need to do in our reaction is to recognize the emotional impact that we have in it. Am I in the right frame of mind to make a decision right now? Or do I need to allow that uh, process of anger, that, that sense of outrage, or whatever it is, to, to have its effect, and maybe tomorrow <laughs> I'll have my internal reaction today, and maybe tomorrow I'll have my outward reaction. Sometimes these can take a couple phases here, but when we keep in mind what our outcome is, the outcome is I want to live a happy life. The outcome is I want this relationship to be good and positive. The outcome is I want the place where I work to be a great place to work that affirms everyone. When I have that outcome in mind, then what do I need to do around the reaction? So we've talked about several things today. First of all, we're responsible for our happiness. No one else. It's up to us. We proved it mathematically, <laughs> right? Ultimately, that outcome, ultimately, that happiness is based on the, right, the event, which we're in charge of at least 10%, and then the reaction, which we're in charge of 100%. We are in charge to large degree of our own happiness. We also talked about the expansion and contraction process. When we're in that process of developing our reaction, and of course, if you think about it, sometimes our reaction is that knee-jerk reaction. Those we want to see if we can put on pause for a minute. Those we want to say to ourselves, oh, wait a minute, my urge, right? My urge is to fire off the world's angriest email. <laughs> my urge is to hang up on the SOB while I have him on the phone saying that he isn't going to build a house for us. That's my urge. We're going to suppress that initial knee-jerk reaction because we've got in mind we want the O, oh, we want the outcome to be positive. Sometimes that means we'll have to sleep on it. Did any of you have parents that said they would never go to bed mad? 
Okay, at least four or five of you are like me. Uh, what that meant, though, sometimes was they were up pretty late. <laughs> and that's okay. Sometimes in order to process through our reaction to things that have gone poorly, take some time. But you owe it to yourself not to react in anger. You owe it to yourself to stay up <laughs> until you can be at that place of equanimity. And you're, you're choosing your reaction in a way that will have a positive outcome. And then uh, one other thing I want to just cover really quickly before we close. Last week, we covered a myth around happiness, the myth of more, if you'll remember. That myth basically said getting more of stuff, whether it's more money or more Facebook likes or a, a bigger 401k, does not guarantee happiness. You know, we, we tend to think that when the pantry is full, I'll be happier. And what we showed last week was the idea, no, not really, once our basic needs are met, more does not equate to happiness. Well, this week we're going to expose the myth of when. When is very similar to the myth of more, and that's when I retire I will be happy. When the kids are out of the house, I'll finally be happy. When the divorce comes through, I'll finally be happy. When the mortgage is paid off, I'll finally be happy. When I get the promotion, I can finally be satisfied. When can you be happy? Now. See, we instinctively know it. We can do our best to prepare for the future. It's absolutely no guarantee that we'll be happy in the future. But you have control over now. And now is actually the only time that you can be happy. You can't change what already happened. You can't make uh, the past be happier than it was. It just was. And although we try, we try so very hard, there's no guarantee about the future. But right now, right in this room, right with this group of people, you can be happy. So let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. That one guarantee that it is done unto us as we believe. And I believe in happiness. I believe that each one of us has that power in our hearts and in our minds to solve that algebraic problem in a way that creates joy, that creates contentment, that creates peace, that creates love, that creates an environment in which we thrive. Each one of us has the power of uh, checking into their reactions and recognizing that when we react in a way that is expansive, that creates more possibilities, that, that opens our hearts to more love and more life, that the outcome, the outcome is so sweet. And so for this week and beyond, I, I claim that knowledge, that expansive way of thinking, that, that ability to look beyond our circumstances and through our faith see a brighter tomorrow. And for this I give thanks. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So happy to have you with us. And you all passed your algebra test. <laughs>
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.